I'm excited about this session, but I got to tell you, I, I put a lot of prayer to this session because this is a this is a big deal, right? This is a heavy topic. All right. Well, I hope this is I hope this is good. This is Lynn and Mooney, and just so we all know where we're at, this is the session: kids who hear, know, and respond to the Holy Spirit. This is what we want for our kids, right? Um, and we are a Pentecostal movement and so we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and so uh, I want to open us up today we're, we're going to do I'm going to do a little bit of teaching about why the Holy Spirit is important in our kids lives right this is something that uh, we all should probably know and we probably already do know but sometimes it's just good to to refresh ourselves and then we're going to walk through some practical things that we can do to create spaces in our services and to help our parents at home uh, create spaces in their homes where the Holy Spirit can speak because we want kids who respond to the Holy Spirit, right? We want kids who recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit and move when the Holy Spirit says move, right? That's what we want. And so, and we're going to do a little practice ourselves here today. I am excited. I am super excited. So, uh, research done by Barna. Okay, I love Barna. If you're not familiar with Barna, they do all kinds of statistical research. Uh, research done by Barna says 43% of all Americans who accept Jesus do so before the age of 13. 43% of all Americans who accept Jesus do so before the age of 13. That makes our job. <laughs> huge, right? This is so important that we take our job seriously. We understand that when someone accepts Jesus, okay, there is an initial indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes into their life. Okay, this is different from the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay, but there is an initial indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes at the time of salvation. When somebody says, Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me for my mistakes. I want to live for you. There's that initial indwelling that comes. And this isn't any different for kids, right? A lot of times people, when, when they look at kids, they separate them. They separate the truths of God's word and, and they have in their heads that this is just for adults. And so I feel like part of our job is, as kids leaders is to help make this aware that these things, these truths in God's word are not just for adults, right? We believe that everything in God's word is for children as well. And I believe even young children, I believe that even preschoolers can be filled with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get there. I'm excited. Guys, I may do a little preaching. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, but I'm, I'm excited. Right? The Holy Spirit is the one who directs us toward the behaviors and the characteristics of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the transformation in us. Right? And it's the same thing for kids. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the transformation for kids. And so we're going to talk about fruit for a minute. Probably many of you have heard this... Uh, analogy before. Um, sorry, I'm just moving my phone so I can watch my time. Um, many of us have heard this analogy before. Imagine an apple tree and an orange tree, okay? We know what an apple tree is and an orange tree is. Why? Because they produce fruit, right? Because they produce fruit. A an apple tree is not going to make anything else other than apples. An orange tree is not going to make anything else other than orange, right? Because this is what is on the inside of them. And so imagine us coming along trying to talk to an apple tree and say, apple tree, I want you to do a better job of making oranges. Insane, right? Come on, apple tree, I know you can do it. You can become an orange tree. It doesn't work, right? Why? Because that's not what's on the inside. There would have to be a transformation from the inside out. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our kids' lives, in our lives, right? But, but for our kids, because we're talking about kids. And so if we want kids who are living for Jesus and who are becoming more like Jesus and displaying the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kind, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to have to transform our kids from the inside out. And so let's think about this in the context of behavior. Okay? A lot of times we talk to our kids, we want, we want good kids, we want kids who are obedient, we want kids who are honest, we want kids who are kind and loving. 
But what good does it do us if all they're hearing is our own voice coaching them, trying to get them to become those things? What kind of lasting effect is that going to have on our kids? Not a whole lot, right? They may hear some things that we say. There may be a little bit of change. But we have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives transforming us from the inside out to have that lasting change. Right? You guys with me? Okay. No matter how hard we try in our own strength, we can't coach our kids to show patience, kindness, goodness, right? At least not for the long term. When, it, when I look at the kids in my ministry, I want the, I want the Holy Spirit's voice to long outlast my own voice in their life, right? And that's, that's what we want in our kids' services. We want kids who become uh, not just acquainted with the Holy Spirit, but have a true relationship with the Holy Spirit. We don't want kids who just behave. We want kids who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? A lot of times... Um, especially people who aren't Christians, they don't know Jesus, they, they like to talk about a conscience, right? And so, so we, we know right from wrong because of a conscience. I mean, we know that that's actually the Holy Spirit, right? So it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. And so a lot of times when we're talking to our kids about hearing the Holy Spirit, we start to say things like, have you ever felt that nudging in your heart when you're doing something that you know is not right? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job in our life when we accept Jesus as Savior, he comes into our life and he helps to begin to change us from the inside out, right? And so we start to help them connect that saying, you feel that nudging in your heart? That's the Holy Spirit. And so next time they feel that nudging, that they're doing something wrong, they can say, okay, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now about what I, about what I should or should not be doing. Okay, I feel like that's one of the first steps in, in helping our kids get acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit is just helping them to be able to recognize it when, they're, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, helping them to be able to put that pin on and say, oh yeah, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? That's how it starts. A lot of times in our homes, I think one thing that we can do to help our parents understand this, uh, because we just talked, we don't want uh, just good kids, right? We don't want kids who are just kind. We don't want kids who uh, just obey, right? We want godly kids. We want godly kids transformed from the inside out, right? And so one thing that we can help our parents as far as creating this environment in their home to re for kids to hear, know, and respond to the Holy Spirit is helping them understand that uh, almost that change of thinking and behavior. What would it look like if, if our parents, instead of addressing the behaviors in their children that they don't want to see, what if we changed our language to help them recognize that the whole, what the Holy Spirit may be trying to do in their lives? So let's say, for instance, my daughter, she's 13 years old. God help me. <laughs> no, she's, she really is great. Uh, but she came in the other day, and as many 13-year-olds are, she had a very stinky attitude. We call it being a grouch butt in our house. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> she just, you know, I mean, you guys know what that's like, a really crummy attitude. And I could have come out, I was tired, I had had a long day, I could have come in and said, Maya, your attitude stinks, you need to go, you know, go into your room and all this. But because I've been <laughs> trained, <laughs> trained to rethink this, and I've gone, I'm going to give you a couple of resources as well to help your parents, but because my brain has been retrained, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, okay, why does she have a stinky attitude? And so it made me pause as a parent and say, Maya, let's sit down on the couch for a minute, okay? Let's just sit for a minute and let's begin to talk about what happened today. What, has God been doing something in your life? Did something bad happen? You know, and we, and we begin to come in line with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Instead of just saying, you shouldn't act like that, you shouldn't do this, this is how you should act instead, we want to partner alongside the Holy Spirit as parents. And so if we can help our parents 
change their, their mind a little bit, change their thinking in how we address behaviors. Are, are you guys following me? That one day those kids are going to be out of those parents' house. And just how we want the Holy Spirit's voice to outlast our own voice in our ministries, those kids have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to outlast when they graduate, when they move out of the house on their own. And so as parents, if we can come along and if we can include scripture in our homes, and which is something we all try to do, right? But if we can ins- include scriptures in our home and change our thinking a little bit that say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to do in my own child? How can I come alongside of you and partner to help change this behavior in them? Because in order for it to truly change, it's got to be the Holy Spirit, right? It's got to be that transformation from the inside out. Make sense? Okay. So a really great resource for this. Have, you, have any of you ever read Spiritual Parenting by Michelle Anthony? Nobody in here? Okay. Y'all need to go on right now. No, not right now. Don't do it right now. <laughs> um, it's on Amazon. It's between $10 and $15. It's called Spiritual Parenting by Michelle Anthony. This will be life-changing for your parents. Life-changing. There's actually a small group uh, that you can do. I've done this at my church before with a group of parents. Uh, You can do it as a small group style. There are video components that come with it. It can be purchased off of My Healthy Church. They had a sale on it. I think they had a sale on it on Black Friday. Um, I'm not kidding you. It will be spiritual parenting. But it will be absolutely transformational in how your parents, um, how they can help create environments in their home. Awesome, awesome book. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Okay. That's okay. Michelle Anthony. Michelle Anthony. Nope, you're just fine. Okay, y'all with me so far? Any questions so far? I know that some of this is basic stuff, but sometimes it's just good for us to be reminded, right? Okay, so I want us to go into a minute. I know that we're spaced out a little bit, so, uh, you know, just turn and maybe chat with a couple people that are close to you. I want us to talk for just a minute. What does an order of service look like in your kids' ministry? Okay, how do you line up your activities, the things that you do uh, when a kid comes into your ministry on a Sunday morning? What does that look like? So for, for us, we've got, you know, we've got a game here, we've got missions, all this. I want you to talk about in your group for just a minute, what does an order of service look like in your kids' ministry? You guys got to turn to each other and talk to each other. <laughs> Thank you. 
We're going to give it just another minute or two, guys. Okay, so I'm going to pause you because I think I overheard something. So you guys said your girls ministry, right? Okay, so what does your meeting time look like when you meet with girls? What does that look like? Yeah? All right, guys, one more, one more minute, one more minute, 30 seconds, actually. All right, guys, I'm going to stop you right there, okay? I'm going to stop you. We're going to keep moving. You guys all have an idea of kind of your order service, how you guys plan things out. I'm going to be honest, this was a trick question. I set you guys up, okay? Um, because what happens a lot of times in our kids' ministry, and I am guilty of it as well, okay? What happens is we flood our time with activities, crafts, games, memory verses, all this stuff, which is all good, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. However, sometimes we forget to leave room for the Holy Spirit to move in the way that He wants to. We have things so planned out to a T, which there should be order, right? God's Word talks about order. However, many times we fail to leave that wiggle room or to set up our time intentionally so that maybe some of the fun stuff, some of the extra stuff is bumped to the end of the service and we give the Holy Spirit plenty of room to move and to speak and then if we have time, we do this other stuff. 
Are you guys following me? I set you up. I'm not sorry, but, right? Kids are broken because of sin and because of other people's sin and they desperately need spirit empowerment to transform their lives, right? This is not, we are not dealing with a simple, easy world anymore, right? We are dealing with kids who are hurting and struggling in big, big ways. We have to understand the world that our kids are living in right now. And we are, I think of like the public school system. I mean, the world is just so much more evil for our kids now than it was when any of us were growing up, right? I, I had a conversation this morning with a leader, just this morning with a leader, about a young girl who came into their ministry, was molested. Her and her sister were molested by their father. The father is in prison somehow died a year later, drugs, abuse, I mean, all this kind of stuff. And the girls are now in foster care. And they show up in the doors of this church's ministry. How can we combat that with words that are our own? The only way that we can come against that kind of evil is with the Holy Spirit's power, right? I have, I have several foster care children. I'm not just saying it's foster care kids. I'm just, the ones, the kids that I'm thinking about, man, we have, I've got a, a first grader, first grader, seven years old, exposed to pornography on a regular basis. Come on, we can't fight that on our own. There's a spiritual battle going on for our children's souls. It's real and it's violent and it's taken names. And if we don't take it seriously, if we don't take it seriously, we are going to lose our opportunity. Yeah? I'm actually a mental health counselor. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Warfare. Mm-hmm. I work in a secular agency, so I can't always talk about God because my I can't tell them, you know, that you're demon possessed. You're dealing with spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. With, and I deal with adults who are dealing with molestations mm-hmm. that they never had treatment for. And when I was in, uh, when we were in the worship today, God just really instilled upon me what you're basically saying is. We can reach them now mm-hmm. so that they don't yep. have to go through all that yeah. spiritual warfare as an adult or as they're getting older. And, and we have an opportunity. And I haven't worked in ministry yet with the kids, so forgive mm-hmm. me. I'm just saying stuff so that you guys nope, are okay. to you. <laughs> but it really hit my heart because my heart hurts for these people. Yeah. But I really, as adults, just hurting and dysfunctional and passing dysfunction onto their children. and and we, we have a unique opportunity to empower them with spiritual tools. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's so important, right? And we can't baby it, and we can't make light of it. When these kids come into our room, some of these kids are dealing with issues that we would never imagine facing in our own life, right? And so who are we to think that we can help fix them or help uh, really even... Uh, speak into their life the way that really needs to be spoken into their life. We have to give them encounters with Jesus. We have to give them encounters with the Holy Spirit. And so when we fill our services with a bunch of fluff, that yes is good. Please hear what I'm saying. It's good. But we have got to be intentional with creating spaces in our services where we're helping kids see, let's take a minute, let's hear what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Do you feel the presence of God, kids? That feeling that you're feeling right now, that's the presence of God. Let's just sit and wait in a minute. And I'm telling you, kids will rise to the occasion. We think that kids are too busy, that they're not going to sit. I'm telling you, I have done this in a room with three, four hundred children. 
And they respond because the Holy Spirit is real and they can recognize, yes, God's doing something in my life. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. If we aren't talking to our kids about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about that second power that comes, right? We're talking different from salvation. We know that there's an initial indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes at salvation. But now we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. According to the book of Acts, in the early church, the Holy Spirit came and filled them with evidence of speaking in tongues and speaking in languages that they had never learned. Okay, This is what we're talking about right now. If we are failing to talk to our kids about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we are failing to arm them with one of the greatest weapons they, they can have access to to face those, that spiritual warfare that they're facing. Right? Yep. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> if, we, uh, if we aren't talking to our kids about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking of that second baptism, according to the book of Acts, then we are failing to arm them with one of the greatest weapons we have to face spiritual battles. And honestly, if we think of it, oh, I'm going to step on toes here. I'm going to look down when I say this. If the Holy Spirit was removed from today's church, 95% of the churches would continue the way that they are. Because we're lacking that spirit empowerment. There's not a hunger. There's not a desperation. But if the Holy Spirit was removed from the New Testament church... 95% of church would not happen because they operated, they lived in that vein of operating with the spirit empowerment. It was part of their DNA. It was who they were. You couldn't do one without the other, right? And that's what we have to get back to. That's one of our our drivers is a desperation to seek the spirit, to, to want that empowerment and to operate in that in our services and how we live our lives, right? We understand that the Holy Spirit comforts and convicts and guides and teaches us, gives us a prayer language that's not only used to help uh, with, the, with the gifts of the Spirit for corporate settings. Okay, I, I know that some of this may be new for some. Uh, there are gifts of the Spirit that are given to operate in corporate settings. So when we're in a church service, maybe some of you have heard... Uh, uh, message in tongues and then there's an interpretation or there's uh, there's uh, there's healing there's words of wisdom okay these are things that that the whole uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit for corporate setting but that special prayer language that the Holy Spirit gives us when a child when adults I mean all people when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit that prayer language is used to edify us and strengthen us from our inside so when we pray in the Spirit when we're praying that's building up our faith that's strengthening us and edifying us why would we want not want that for our kids And so some of that comes with teaching. We're going to get to some of the practical steps on how we help our kids connect with that, okay? We're going to get to some practical steps. But we have got to desire that not only for ourselves, but for our kids' ministries, right? If we want to be relevant, we have to understand the war that our kids are facing and what is at stake. And we have to help give these kids what they really need, right? That's our job as kids' leaders. I don't want to just read about the church history and acts. Come on, I want, I want churches that are running and operating in this. I want kids who are passionate and full of the Spirit and on fire for God. I want to hear things that are going on in the schools because I've got kids from my ministry that are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that are being empowered to go into their worlds. And there's revival breaking out in the public school systems. That's what we want, right? That's what we want. So how do we get there? Right? How do we get there? That's why we're here. How do we have kids who hear, know, and respond to the Holy Spirit? Uh, I'm going to talk about this one just briefly. We have to choose our curriculum wisely. Okay? 
there are all forms of curriculum and believe me I understand I understand that sometimes curriculum can be costly I understand budgets I get all that okay but there are some curriculums that are um, more behavior driven remember what we talked about coaching to be good versus transformational on the inside through the Holy Spirit, okay? There's some curriculums that are more behavior-based that let's learn how to be patient, let's learn how to be kind versus Holy Spirit, what are you trying to do in me? Let's connect with who God is. God, you are patient. Would you speak to me about where I need to be patient? Does that make sense? Does that make sense a little bit? I hope so. We have to choose our curriculum wisely. The Holy Spirit should not be an optional add-in or just a cherry on top. Okay? We have to make... Okay, I'm not going to get ooky spooky in here, okay? Because sometimes that happens when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. People start to get all weirded out, right? But we have to make the supernatural a regular part of our services. Okay? We're talking supernatural healings. These are things that only God can do. We have to make these things a regular part of our service. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be visible in what's going on in our services. Okay? We have to build some expectancy as kids are coming in. Hey, what do you think the what do you think God's got for you today? What do you think the Holy Spirit's going to say to you today? As kids are getting ready to come into service, we're excited. We're pumping up, man. God is going to speak to us today. I can't wait to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life today. We're ex- we're building that expectancy as kids are coming in and getting them excited and co- helping them to cuz then once they're excited about it, we're saying, man, I can't wait to hear what God's going to speak to me today. Then once we actually get him in service, that the pump's already been primed for us to say, okay, now let's listen. Here's what, here's what our lesson is today. Here's our good curriculum, our good godly curriculum that's truth-based, straight out of Scripture. Now what's God saying to us today? We have to allow for the Holy Spirit to interrupt our service. Right? Allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt our services. It is not uncommon in the middle of my teaching to say, you know what? I just feel like God wants us to stop right here for a minute. I just feel like God's trying to speak something to us. So can we just wait a minute while we listen for God's voice? Man, we just talked about the story of Jonah and how God rescued Jonah and how God had a plan for... And I just feel like like maybe God is speaking to you right now about the plan that he has for your life. Right? We have to allow for those moments when we ourselves have spent time with Jesus, when we have spent time in our prayer closet and we've got ourselves prepped, then we are more in tune with the Holy Spirit and we are better, better, um, I don't want to say teachers because the Holy Spirit is the teacher, but we are better facilitators because we can say, okay, I feel, I personally feel that nudging as the leader that we, that the Holy Spirit wants us to stop right now. And so I'm able to facilitate that. I'm able to speak it out to my kids and say, okay, kids, I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to say something to us right now. Let's stop. And because I've already primed them, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us today. They're ready for it. Are are you guys following me? Am I making sense? We have to let the Holy Spirit be the teacher. Part of helping... uh, Part of the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he speaks to us in lots of different ways. I have kids all the time tell me, I don't feel like I hear from God. I don't feel like God speaks to me. And a lot of time, kids, we understand that kids are very concrete thinkers. You know what I mean? And so when we say that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, they're waiting for an actual audible voice. Right? I don't know that I've ever known anybody who has audibly heard a voice. I'm sure he does. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, right? And so 
And so we have to start teaching our kids, you know what, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in lots of different ways. It's not through an audible voice most of the time. A lot of times it's that nudging in our heart that we feel. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through his word. When we're spending time in God's word, the Holy Spirit will speak to us because that's part of his job as he's the teacher and he helps us to understand God's word. Okay, He speaks to us through other people. Right? People who have spoken into our lives. God uses other people. The Holy Spirit sometimes speaks to us in dreams, visions. Anybody ever have a dream and you woke up and you're like, man, I don't know exactly what that meant, but I felt like God was speaking to me. I've had a few of those, and I'm telling you what, when you have those, there is no doubt in your mind that those are from God. But he does that for kids, too. Kids can have dreams. Isn't that what the Bible talks about? I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. We'll start to see dreams. The Holy Spirit will speak in those ways. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through words or pictures. Even just yesterday, we had um, our area leaders all in a room, and uh, we were praying, and we were just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And God spoke to me and, and gave me a picture of a bridge. And, and gave me the understanding to be, a, the Holy Spirit gave me the understanding to know what that meant, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay, he's going to give us understanding when he gives us those things. And so talking with the kids about the different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks helps them to, to be listening. Okay, well I'm not just listening for an audible voice. Okay, and it helps them be more aware of the different ways, so now their eyes are open. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're in a... Uh, I heard somebody give an example one time uh, about the yellow beetles that were going around. You know, the every time you... Maybe it was just my age, but uh, every time a yellow beetle would pass by, you punch somebody. <laughs> you, guys, you guys... A slug bug, a slug bug, yeah. Right? If you're not looking for them... If you're not looking for them, you're probably not going to see them, Right? But when your eyes are open and you're intentionally looking, expecting to see that, you're going to see quite a few more of them, right? And it's the same way the Holy Spirit works. And so if we can help our kids understand, these are the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and we help open their eyes and we help teach them to be expectant because the Holy Spirit does want to speak to us. If we can teach them to start living their life expectantly, then they start to recognize that a little bit more and they're able to respond to that. With me? Okay. I've totally gone off my notes, guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. The way, the way the Holy Spirit speaks through His Word, through God's Word, right? Through other people. We gotta be careful with that one though. Just blame that out there. We're not gonna talk about it yet, right? Because if somebody else is gonna speak into us, we need to make sure that it aligns with God's word. Sometimes because people are human, sometimes we mishear, we misinterpret, so we have to be careful with that. But if it aligns with God's word, then we can say, okay, that might be from God. I should take that one to heart, okay? Uh, through dreams and visions, sometimes through words and pictures. Yep. Yep. And the way my... My situation's like a parable. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know what? My, my Kidman brain, <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly seeing uh, like object lessons. And so a lot of times the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I might see the, something, you know, the way that a faucet's running and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's add that to the notes. <laughs> and, but but the whole, when we're looking for it and we're expecting it, the Holy Spirit will speak to us, Right? Uh, share with them personal experience of when you listened and when you didn't listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Come on, when we can be relevant to kids, when we can be open and honest with them and tell them our own flubs, our own times that we messed up, it helps us to be more real with them. And they see we're just human. I'm going to mess up just like Pastor Lena messed up, and that's okay. God's still going to continue to speak to me. Okay? I can tell you right now a time that I just, I just had this conversation with my kids. 
I feel like there are different seasons in your life that when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that we, we understand the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And I think that sometimes... Uh, he gives different gifts for different seasons. Sometimes he develops those things in you at different times. And I personally feel like I am going through kind of a growth stage right now in my own personal walk with God. And I can remember being at an event and I, uh, my hands were all clammy and I was uh, getting real jittery and nervous and I felt very strongly like I was supposed to speak up and give a word of knowledge. I, I knew exactly what I was supposed to say, and I didn't. And I didn't step out in faith. The timing was right. There, it was in an orderly part of the service, and I didn't speak. And I can't tell you how heartbroken I was after I wrestled with it the rest of the night. I went to sleep. And I, I mean, I'm a pastor. Come on. But I'm going to miss things, right? Because I'm still growing. The Holy Spirit is still transforming me. I'm still growing. But I told my kids this, and I said, kids, it's okay if, if we mess up. The, the idea is that we want to just keep listening. And whenever the Holy Spirit asks us to do something, we say yes. We say yes, because we don't want to miss an opportunity. We don't want to miss an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and for the Holy Spirit to work through us to speak to somebody else. But if we're open and honest and we share those experiences, that's going to help those kids know how to respond. Does that make sense? Let your kids... Oh, I might rustle some feathers. It's all right. Let your kids hear you praying in your heavenly language. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit... Make that a part of your regular service. And so here's how that looks. It's not flashy. It's not to be noticed. It's different from the actual gift of the, the giving a message in tongues. It's different from that, right? And so a lot of times in worship, I'll raise my hands, we're worshiping, and I'm just saying, Jesus, I worship you. So I love you so much, Jesus. And I expose them to that because that's my own personal time with Jesus. But it helps expose them. So it's like, huh. What's Pastor Lena doing? Why is she speaking in that different language? Okay? And then in our prayer times, when we're praying for kids at the altar, and I come over, is it okay if I come close to you? Sure. Okay. I'm over here and I'm praying for kids, and, and we're, we're praying for them, we're praying for their situation, and I'll begin to pray in the Spirit. And then right after that, I'll say, God, I thank you that when we pray in the language that you've given us through your Holy Spirit, that we can pray perfect prayers. I don't know the situation, I don't know exactly what's going on, but th God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit can pray those perfect prayers through me. And we expose our kids to what that looks like and the purpose of that in our lives. Okay? It helps make them more comfortable. So then when it comes time to say, okay, kids, we're going to ask to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He gives good gifts to his children. This is what the Holy Spirit's purpose in our, is in our lives. This is why we want it. And with that comes a special prayer language that God gives us. How many of you have ever heard me use my special prayer language? It's not a language that I've known, but that I've learned. It's a special prayer language that God gave me. And it, that prayer language prays perfect prayers to Jesus because it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. How many of you ever heard me pray that way? Or maybe when I'm worshiping, that's the kind of language that God wants to give to you today. Does that make sense? And we're, we're, again, it's all priming the pump. It's all making things, uh, exposing them to the gifts of the Spirit and the operations of the, uh, how he's working in our lives. So then when it comes time for them to respond, they already have an idea of what that looks like because we have led by example in front of them. Any questions so far? I know it's heavy, right? It's, it's heavy. This isn't like a fun, like, oh, what kind of new games are there? <laughs> it's good, yeah. How many children have you had that have actually been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues? And what age would you say? Uh, the youngest I have had has been seven. 
seven years old. Um, I don't know that I could give you a number. Um, it's uh, we tr frequently or occasionally. Yes, it's it's becoming more frequent uh, because it's listen for a lot of places. I, it's a culture change, and it takes a long time to change the culture. Right? We can't just come in with bada bing, bada boom, here's what it is, and expect understanding, right? right. Because it there always, has to. It always seemed like our kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit when they went to camp mm -hmm. because they were away from. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and so that's actually a really great point because we understand, we as adults understand, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just an experience. It's something that's ongoing, right? Because if I stop using my prayer language, think of a cup, right? If you leave a cup filled with water in a windowsill, you don't do anything to it. Eventually, that water is going to evaporate. And that, I mean, it may take some time, but eventually that water is going to be gone. Okay? And so if we're not constantly saying, God, just refill me with your spirit, if we're not practicing that prayer language, if we're not being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, eventually it'll stop. We'll stop hearing it. Right? If we turn a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit and we say, I'm not going to listen, nope, I'm not going to listen to you this time, I'm not going to listen to you this time, we're going to stop hearing that voice. And so it's just a, it's just a, it's a culture change, making it a, a regular part of our services. I don't know. It's a question I'm curious about, but I'm guessing kids would ask this too. Why does your Holy Spirit language sound different than my Holy Spirit language? Because it's a gift. So some languages, some languages are actual languages spoken on, spoken here on earth, and some languages are only heaven, you know, languages in heaven that only, and it's, it's just part of the gift of God. God gives differently to each person. And so when we receive a gift, it, it's a different gift for each person. We're not going to say this. We're not going to say the same thing. And we should never coach a child to say, here, say this. Okay? That's not what we want. Okay, so I, I know that you can't manufacture it. I yep. know that the Lord has to do it. Mm -hmm. um, what, can you just give me just a few I do allow the opportunity in my kids' church, but I feel like every time I do, it feels so stoic, and so it's just that I still allow that opportunity. What can, what are some simple things that I can do to maybe make that opportunity more, like kind of maybe the baby steps? Yep. That can kind of help because I, I know it, I know it's a process. Like I was in a children's ministry where we went from the foundational stage to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like, mm -hmm. where it was a revival. Yep. Kids. I'm desiring that again. Yep. I just want. Some, some baby steps. Yep, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, I'll give you a couple, and this is, listen, this is not a, like, here's the how to do it, <laughs> okay? I'm just telling you how, what I've seen in my ministry, okay? Uh, the first thing has been consistency. So every single week, no matter what our altar call is, no matter how we're responding to anything, there is always, uh, if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want that today, I want you to come and pray right here. Always. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. Also helping kids to understand you may not be baptized with the Holy Spirit at church. It very well may be at home in your bed. It might be in the shower. It might be on, in a car ride. Because as you are continually seeking all that God has for you, this is something that God has for you. And so creating that space, remember we talked about, cre I'm totally off my notes now, guys. <laughs> right? We talked about creating that space in our services. And so I... Um, God like hit me with a two by four a couple years ago <laughs> because I was doing all of that fun stuff at the beginning. We would do our small groups, we would do our games, we would do our craft, all that. And then when we got to the end after the message, we didn't have as long of a time as I wanted because our parents were coming. And that was it. It was like we got done with the teaching and we said a quick prayer and then that was it. But because I have now moved that message time up in my service, now we've got this space that if I get to the game, great. If I don't, fine. 
You know, I've got this space now where we can say, okay, kids, this is what we heard today. Here's the message that we heard today. How do we think God wants us to respond to this? And so one of the ways that we can do that is through prayer stations, um, specifically in our services. If you guys have never seen a prayer experience or a prayer station, I encourage you to check out the room today. Um, now, this is not, it's not something that I set up like this every week at my church, okay? But I do really love tactile, hands-on ways for kids to respond. Um, so, for instance, I've done, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, I've printed out a card with an arrow. Where do you think God's asking you to go? And I give them a pen and I say, okay, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we're going to ask this question, Holy Spirit, where, where do you want me to go this week and tell somebody about you? I'm just giving you an example. And so it's literally an arrow. <laughs> And some of that comes with curriculum. Remember, we talked about curriculum. Some of it you've got to come and kind of do on your own. But it's a way for them to respond, and it's a way for them to quiet themselves. Instead of just a prayer, it's an active thing that they can be involved in where, okay, I'm going to listen for a minute, and then I'm going to write down what the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. How many of you guys have ever used some kind of, uh, like, response type, I don't want to say stations, but a response like that. Okay. They're really powerful. Really, really powerful. I'll tell you, we, uh, we do this at camp. Um, I've done this with, I don't know, I think there's like 400 kids. And so imagine, imagine trying to settle 400 kids to a quiet space where we can listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I get done with the message, and with 400 kids, we put on some instrumental music, uh, nothing crazy, nothing with words, something that's not going to distract them. Okay, we put on just instrumental music, keep it nice and low, but it helps change that atmosphere for the kids, so the kids are like, okay, now it's time for me to, to really sit still and focus in. And then we say, sorry, hold on. <laughs> And then we then we say okay, and we give clear direction from the pulpit, from the from the leader, clear direction. Okay, I want you to hold this in your hand, and we're just going to be quiet for a minute. I don't want anybody talking. I don't want anybody distracting anybody else. We're just going to sit for a minute. We're going to hold this here in our hand. I want to say, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go this week? What do you want me to go and do? And then we're going to listen, and we be still, and kids will respond to this. They will respond. Don't underestimate them. I'm telling you, I did it in a group of 400 kids at kids camp. And then we say, okay, now when you feel like the Holy Spirit has laid something on your heart, I want you to begin to write about it. And you can see, you can see especially the more you do stuff like this, the more consistent you are. You start to see kids, um, they don't all go at the same time. <laughs> they're, they're going at their own pace because they're the ones conversing with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and then at the end, when the kids have left their papers and they don't take them home and we're cleaning up, it's incredible to actually look at them and see what did God speak to you because the Holy Spirit works in ways that we don't see and is able to speak directly to the hearts and be able to speak directly into the needs of our kids and knows exactly where they are. He's able to speak in ways that we may never know to speak. And so these response cards are all going to look different. It's all going to be about a different topic, probably nothing like what you spoke about. Because it's what the Holy Spirit is dealing with them about. And we're teaching them to be still and to listen and then respond. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing this crazy mic up here. <laughs> Yep. Yep. If they can't write, that's a great. If kids, uh, especially younger kids, and a lot of times I do say that if you can't draw, just draw, draw a picture. Or, or sorry, if you can't write, just draw a picture. Or nobody's going to see this except for you. Just guess. If you want to write, just guess on how you spell the word. It doesn't matter. God knows what you mean. I just wanted to give a testimony. One time, a kid drew a picture of the vision that I had. Wow. So it caught me off guard that I left because I did not expect to see yeah. from a picture that a kid drew. So yeah. God can really use that, and He really does speak to kids, and that that just like, man, that blew me away. <laughs> yeah. 
So we're going to do something. And actually, can I borrow somebody's? I did not think to grab it. I ran out. Can I borrow a piece of paper and a pen from somebody? Thank you. You're not going to need your pens during this. I'm the only one that's going to need a pen. We're actually going to put this into practice for a minute. Before we head out, we've got a couple minutes. But I want to lead you through an activity that is something that I do with my kids on a regular basis. Thank you. Something I do with my kids on a regular basis, that this is something that you can do with your kids. And it may take some time, but I'm, I guarantee you they will respond. Okay? So I want you to put everything away. Nope, you don't need notes for this. This is for just us. Okay? Because we're going to put this into practice right now. Okay? Are we all ready? Okay, here's what I'd like us to do. Uh, this is a very practical thing, that, a practical exercise that we can do with our kids on how to pray, listen, and then speak, speak, hear what the Holy Spirit is doing, wants to speak to us, okay? And so I believe that you guys are not here by accident. There's purpose and the reason that why you guys are here, and you guys are in this class over the seven other classes that you guys could be at. And so I believe very firmly that the Holy Spirit does want to speak to your hearts today in a very specific and clear way. And so today we're going to practice what we're talking about, okay? So I'm going to give you some direction for exactly one minute I want us just to pray. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you have that heavy language, pray in your spirit language. But for one minute, and I'm legit going to time it. Okay? One minute, we're going to pray. Ready? Here we go. God, I praise you. I worship you. I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you speak to us. I thank you that you are powerful and that you are strong and that your power is available to us. God, you are so faithful. You are so faithful. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for everyone, for the warfare or the the tools that we need to fight every kind of spiritual battle. God, you are so good to us. You are so good to us. And now we're going to take one minute, and we're not going to say anything. We're just going to sit and listen for what the Holy Spirit may be speaking to us right now. The Holy, remember, the Holy Spirit may speak in words. The Holy Spirit may speak in a picture or an image. We're just going to sit and listen for one minute. Okay, right now, I want, us, I want to know what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And I want you, it'll just be like popcorn, and I'm going to write it down as we speak, okay? What is the Holy Spirit speaking? Peace. Say it again. of the former rain be still go and do
Anybody else? Okay, so because we have done this practice as a group, I want to read back this message as if though God was speaking to us through His Holy Spirit, this message is for you today in this room. God wants you to have peace. I want you to have peace. I want you to have peace. I want you to have growth. I am taking you into a new season. Go and do. But be still in my presence. I am bringing more of the former rain. I am giving strength to the weary. I have you where you are for a purpose. I am healing you. I am healing your heart and restoring you through the power of my Holy Spirit. Come on, can we just, God, we receive that today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking to us. I pray that this truth would dive deep into our hearts. God, that it would solidify in us that you are bringing the former rain, that you are bringing growth and you are bringing peace. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray for these leaders in here today. I pray that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, that they would be spirit and power leaders, that they wouldn't waste their time with things that don't matter, but God, that you would help them to plan their services, to lead with intentionality and with purpose. God, let there be less of us and more of you. God, may we be conduits of your spirit. Help us to be sensitive to the nudgings and the promptings of your spirit. Help us to be obedient to move as soon as you say to move. God, we love you so much. I pray that you would bless every leader in here today. Empower them with every tool they need to do what you have called them to do. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.